And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as we begin on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, and preview the Chiefs this Sunday at Arrowhead. Uh, brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town from 5 to 7, midnight to 2. PT's fuels the monologue. Find a PT's tavern near you and get your game on and get ready for the Chiefs as we try to do our part. I figured out today that I come out swinging today because the Raiders need to come out swinging if they're going to beat Kansas City on Sunday, which was not impossible. I don't think it's improbable. Because the Raiders beat Kansas City last year when I know that Kansas City was better than they are this year. But the question is, are the Raiders better than they were last year? And that's an interesting debate as we open up the show. That's an interesting topic. You know, which, which Raider team was better? The team last year that had that 6-3 and three record and then had the problems on the back end? Or this Raider team this year that started off 3-0 and and now is in the middle of this swoon. I don't know. I really don't know. That doesn't bother me this much this week. I'm all about Kansas City and what could happen here. What fascinates me is that Kansas City's not playing well all year long other than the Raider game. I mean, this team just struggles. They've had some games that they've won that they didn't show up, and they ended up winning the game late. They didn't score a lot of points, and they found a way to win. And I went through Kansas City pretty deeply since Sunday, looking at stats, maybe something I missed, their schedule, what's happening this year. And when you look at Kansas City, you got to feel like they're beatable more so than any time since Mahomes has become an MVP and a Super Bowl MVP. They're just very flawed this year, which is pretty surprising to me because they're not going through injuries with their core group of players. Their core guys are pretty healthy. And this year in some of the losses, it's just incredible how they didn't score 30 points in those losses. They lost to Buffalo, who we'll get to, who lost last night. They lost that game to Buffalo 38-20. to And if you look at some of the other losses, at Tennessee, they lost 27-3. to And then the game against the Giants that they won, they only scored 20 points. They only scored 13 to beat Green Bay. They only scored 19 to beat Dallas, and they just scored 22 to beat Denver. The stat that jumps out at you and the number that jumps out the most is the 41 points they scored here in Vegas in a blowout, 41-14. They also scored 42 against Philadelphia on October 3rd at Philly. But mostly the team has scored 20 points. I mean, you know, you look at the Buffalo loss scoring 20, You look at the loss to the Chargers, they scored 24. And then what I just mentioned, uh, can you believe that this team's on a five-game winning streak? 22 points against Denver, 19 against Dallas, 13 against Green Bay, and 20 against the Giants. Four out of the five games that they've been on a five-game winning streak, they haven't scored more than 22. And we're sitting here, the Raider Nation, looking for crumbs on trying to find a way to get Derek Carter to throw 300 yards where he's undefeated. If he's able to do that, pretty pretty safe to say if Derek Carr throws for 300 yards, the Raiders going to win. I mean, I don't know what else anybody else is talking about other than me on this topic. I don't know how you could see it any other way. 
If Derek doesn't throw for 300 yards, no chance. Say it with me. If Derek doesn't throw for 300 yards, no chance. And he's thrown for 300 yards most of his career. So I'm not asking for much. I'm not asking you to walk through the Vega desert with no water, with no break, saying it's impossible. I'm telling you that the, the formula is pretty basic. Derek's got to throw over 300 out of the gate against the Kansas City defense that is not a lead. If he can do that, then there's a chance to win. Now, Kansas City's one of the only teams that if Derek throws for 300, the formula won't be perfect because Mahomes can throw for 400. But it's pretty safe to say we have to start again from scratch. We have to break it down, look at reality. And that's what I'd like to do here the rest of the week. I'm very optimistic, if you know me. I get pissed off from time to time. I get very frustrated. But when it comes to the Raiders, my darkest critics will say I'm just too positive for the Raiders, even though I don't know of a guy more critical of the Raiders than when they're not playing well than me. I throw it out in the first 18 minutes of the show. And I've done that this week after the loss to the Washington football team where they just had an awful game. I mean, they just picked a terrible game not to show up and struggle as much as they've done. Last year against Kansas City, they played really inspired. They should have beat them at home after the Witten touchdown to give them the lead. How long ago does that sound, right? Remember Witten last year and how they won that game? You know, minute 42 to go. Mahomes went the length of the field and threw that touchdown to Kelsey. Man, anything happens, tip ball, interception, Raiders sweep Kansas City. And this year, it was looking forward to Kansas City coming in here and getting beat, and they've won again as Kansas City has not lost in Las Vegas. But the Raiders won last year at Arrowhead, and they played their best game of the year. And can they do it again without Alec Ingold, without Kenyon Drake? Uh, We're waiting on the status of Waller. Uh, Just all the injuries that they've had this year, a revamped offensive line. With all of that, most everybody in Kansas City doesn't think the Raiders have a shot. I got to go offer myself up to the Kansas City gods to get beat up this week on radio. I don't know why I just don't have my wife pick up the phone and say he's not available. Can we have JT on? Can can JT do noon to 2 KC time? Can he do 4 to 6? And I go on these shows and I just sit there and I tell Kansas City how the Raiders can win. And I've been right a bunch. The Raiders have won in Kansas City over the years. The Raider organization has gone into Kansas City since 1960 when they've had to win in the 60s and won big game. And Kansas City's come into Oakland and L.A. and Vegas and won big games. So we know who Kansas City is. And the, uh, for me, this week, is I'm just going to go back to basics. I'm going to just tell you what I think about the game and then get out of the way and get your reaction to this. So a couple of things I want to use in the monologue. Let me count. Let's do the word count, Bobby. You can ring the bell, whatever. We can give away gift cards from Grimaldi's every time I say misdirection this week. So for our new listeners who have never heard this, I'm going to get it done in about two minutes. What Kansas City does in the Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and Mahomes era against the Raiders is they run misdirection plays. They know it. The Raiders know it. Coaches have been fired for this. Coordinators have been fired. What they're going to do is they're going to start a play to the right, and they're going to bring it back to the left. That's it. That's all you need to know for this game. A four-year-old can figure it out. Mahomes is going to start the play to the right with him rolling out to the right or start moving that way with his eyes, and he's going to throw it back the other way. And typically, the Raiders can't defend that. Typically in the Mahomes-Andy Reid era. So the misdirection play is critical, and it's very disappointing to me because the Raiders don't run misdirection. 
think of what I just said there. The Raiders, even under John Gruden, who I think the world of is a play caller and an offensive coach, even the Raiders don't run misdirection against Kansas City when all Kansas City does is run misdirection against the Raiders. So you would think that the Raiders would just copy that. Because as I told you, some of the access that I've had behind the scenes the last couple of years is that the Raider organization, from a personnel standpoint, decided to go all in and match Kansas City. They did that with Ruggs to match Tyreek Hill. They got Carr to match Mahomes. They got Waller to match Kelsey. Thank God Waller fell in their lap, and they did some genius coaching to spot him in Baltimore as a practice squad player and bring Darren over here who's nominated for Man of the Year, representing the Raiders. So think of that. And now they got Deshaun Jackson, who could kind of match Tyreek Hill, but Tyreek Hill's a better player than Deshaun Jackson. And then if you look at Kansas City's defense, you might say Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Well, they just brought in Trayvon Merrig, kind of a similar player, I think you'd say. You give Honey Badger more success with the Super Bowl and what he's done. But Merrig was brought in, similar to that, to be a ball hawk center fielder. And then the rest of the way, Kansas City starts with offensive linemen, brings in new ones, and mixes and matches. But the core of the Kansas City Chiefs are Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes, who are all better than the Raiders' core three, which would be Derek Carr, Darren Waller, and then go with Josh Jacobs or whoever you want. So they have an advantage there. But at least the Raiders have attempted to attack the core of Kansas City by building the organization that way. We didn't expect what happened with Henry Ruggs, so that's out the window. Waller could be as good as Kelsey down the road, and for Carr to be with Mahomes in any conversation, Derek's got to throw for 300 yards, as I started the show five minutes ago with that. So let's get this out of the way. Let me, let me mark this off. Kansas City's going to run misdirection all day, and the Raiders are probably not going to stop it because they never stop it. And they know it, and Gus knows it because he's been with the Chargers, and everybody knows it. So remember, the play's going to start one way. It's going to come back the other way with crisscrossing patterns, and you know that already. So that's number one. Number two, the tough thing about a Kansas City game plan is do you want to play conservative and eat the clock, right? So you want to keep the ball away from Mahomes and have long, sustaining drives or not? I say no. That's just my opinion because you can't beat them that way because Mahomes can score in a minute. So you can go on an eight-minute drive and score, and then Mahomes gets the ball back in 60 seconds, they score. So you have to embrace the shootout. Please say it with me. Embrace the shootout. So we have misdirection and embrace the shootout. So those are the two things right there that I think are the rest of the week. Bill Romanowski is going to join us. We're going to have maybe a player from the Raiders. We're going to have all these insiders. Those are really the two things. And then the final thing, that we need to do is coaching. Okay, that's the final thing that we have to talk about coaching here. The coaches here for the Raiders have had ample time to figure out what they want to do for this game. No excuses. They've had ample time to know what Kansas City looks like. There's not a coach on the Raiders staff that Mark Davis pays generously who doesn't know what I just told you. They know it all. They're talking about it in the meetings now. So the coaching has to be at a level that looks at the film of the last game, the blowout win for Kansas City and Las Vegas, and says, here's what we're going to do to try to make sure that doesn't happen again. So I wasn't misquoted today, but a Raider website picked up the point that Raiders radio host JT the Brick said bench Jonathan Abram. I did say that. 
I did say that, and it wasn't taken out of context, but they didn't add what I said at the end. I would take Jonathan Abram and bench him for this game if the Raiders had more depth. If the Raiders had, you know, Mullen at 100%, if they would, you know, Hobbs is banged up. They got a lot of guys that are banged up. So a completely healthy Jonathan Abram is not going to get benched. But I would bench him or not play him or play him much less in this game. I have proven to be right on this topic. No one else is more correct than me. How could you be? Jonathan Abram gets humiliated and exposed in this game. That's the only game he does. Really, it is, because Abram flies around and plays hard. He had an unbelievable tackle through two guys that he was flagged on. But I love the way Abram's playing this year. I really do. So I want that to be taken in context, that I like Jonathan Abram. I like what he does in the community. I think he's a good man. He's not in trouble in the community. There's a lot of things that Jonathan Abram do that I'll say right to his face that I love about him. The problem is, in this game, he's an absolute liability. You know that. You'll admit that with me. But the coaches can't bench him because he's healthy and this team is banged up a lot. So what do you do with Jonathan Abram in this game? I think you sub him in and out like Raider fans want to do with Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. So follow me here. With Levitt playing safety, he's not a sideline-to-sideline safety. I talked to Lincoln Kennedy about this. What Levitt's able to do is he's able to play from the hash mark to the sideline reasonably well. He's an NFL player. So what he can do is he can cover half the field or a third of the field and do a decent job. Trayvon Merrick, you just don't take him out of the game. He can cover sideline to sideline in half the field. So here is what I want to talk about today, and I need your help. It's really basic. Do the Raiders go with two high safeties and play them at center field like Mookie Betts? I'm going to talk about this at the top of next hour for our new lunchtime audience that comes in after that. Same thing I'm going to say at the top of next hour. Do the Raiders go with two high safeties? Do they put Mookie Betts in dead center field and have another center fielder out there and just say, Mahomes, you're not throwing it over our head. You're going to have to dink and dunk. And Mahomes killed the Raiders in Vegas throwing underneath. So that, that worries me because if the Raiders play conservative, not with a single high safety who can get beat by Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, the list goes on and on, just take your poison early and say, we don't want to fight you that way. We're going to put two guys deep, and you're going to have to throw underneath us. Now it gets interesting. Perryman's had a great year as a tackler, but Perryman's not good covering anybody. Okay, He can't cover well, and neither can Littleton because we've tried patiently to wait for Littleton to play at a high level, and he doesn't. You don't hear him about Pro Bowl. You don't hear about anything, and they brought him in to be a Pro Bowler. So he has, he has been a player who is a reliable player, who's a good player, but he's not what Mike Mayock expected when he got him. And I don't play Mayock at all. I think that was a good move when they got him. Littleton was a player the Raiders needed. He is just underachieved. So now my discussion with you comes down to, do you just tell the linebackers to blitz? Gus doesn't like to blitz a lot. He likes to have the four linemen getting home without the blitz and then have the linebackers cover in space. These linebackers can't cover. They just can't. But what they're good at is they're good tacklers, and they're good in the run game from time to time if they're lined up correctly, which Gus has done. So I think you take Perryman in this game or Littleton, most likely Perryman, because Littleton's more athletic in the passing game, and I just blitz Perryman more and let him blitz up the middle 
and take and make Mahomes a little bit more uncomfortable, and maybe you get home with him once or twice. So that's what I wanted to get into the monologue brought to you by BillsHappen.com. When you need extra cash over the holidays, BillsHappen.com. If your credit cards are maxed out, don't be embarrassed. You can get short-term money with bad credit at BillsHappen.com. So that's what I got for you. What is the defensive game plan for this do-or-die game? What is it? You have to make up your mind, I insist. It's either two high safeties say, Patrick, we're not going to let you throw deep. Because if you leave Jonathan Abram in the game as one of the safeties and he bites on the run, guys consistently get to behind Jonathan Abram. I'm done with that movie. I'm done with that movie. I don't want to see it again. So what I would do is I would either bet Jonathan Abram or play him limited plays. I would bring him in on obvious run situations where you think they're going to run and Kansas City could think it's third and one, they're going to run. They just run Kelsey over the top, they kill you. So I would put Jonathan Abram in in a smaller package where he doesn't play as much, and I would mix the two deep safeties with Merrig up top and have a nickel backer in more than a linebacker, and I would play it that way. And if you got the linebackers in there, I'd blitz a little bit more in this game. That's all I got. 702-365-9200. I think it's well thought out. Because I've seen it from a field level, from the box with Musburger and Lincoln. I've talked to Hall of Famers about it. I've talked to players about it. I've interviewed coaches about it with this game. You find me someone on the radio who knows more, other than Mike Pritchard, who played in the game, that knows more about this Kansas City rivalry with the Oakland slash Vegas Raiders than I do. I've been there for all of them. And it drives me nuts because we all know it's coming. And the coaches and players are paid to do a better job with it. They did not in Las Vegas. And that's the only time Mahomes played well this year. Oh, my God. He's stinking up the joint. He's won five games, and he's played, for his standards, below average. And the, the Kansas City looks at the Raiders on the schedule and goes, man, let's get some. Let's get some. Let's go after these guys because they can't cover. Every time what we want to do, they usually can't stop it. So let's just run it again. I mean, wouldn't you do that over Christmas if you're a bar owner? Don't you run the same promotions in July that you run in December? And don't you have pull out the same menu over the holiday season? You eat turkey on Thanksgiving. Maybe you eat some pasta on Christmas. You do the same thing. Life's about routines. And for the Kansas City Chiefs, the routine is let's run misdirection against the Raiders. They can't stop it. Let's isolate Jonathan Abram. They can't stop it. And let's go win the game. So I'm trying to come up here with some different analysis and be really positive. Glasses half full because here's my last point, as you should be dialing the number now and get in at 702-365-9200. Can you believe that we are sitting here right now in this NFL season and the Kansas City Chiefs, and I got the list of standings here, which is mind-blowing to me. NFL standings for this year. And the Raiders are stuck on six wins. If I would have told you at the start of the season that Las Vegas would have six wins and Buffalo would only have seven, you'd think I'm crazy. If I told you Indianapolis would have seven, you, you would think I'm crazy. The Raiders are six and six. That to me is really bad because they should have eight wins. They should be eight and four on their worst day, nine and three best case scenario. Well, let's dip the show in reality. The Raiders should have eight wins, tied with Kansas City, ahead of Buffalo, one behind New England, tied with Baltimore, tied with Tennessee. And they're not 
because they lost to the New York Giants, the Chicago Bears, and the Washington football team. If they win two out of those three games, I repeat, Washington football team with a kick, a miracle kick that made it 17-15, New York Giants after the Ruggs tragedy, which we cannot change, and Justin Fields coming in with the Chicago Bears afraid to throw the ball, if the Raiders win two of those three games, they're sitting at eight wins, but I can't do woulda, coulda, shoulda radio. I got to do live radio that's accurate. So for Kansas City this week, it's a pretty, pretty easy show for me this week, the rest of the week. Misdirection, coaching, and Derek Carr throwing for 300 yards. I'm finding more and more of our audience is not behind Derek Carr playing consistently, but they believe that Derek every three or four games could have that type of game that he could look like an MVP. I mean, going into last week's game, he led the NFL in passing yards. You don't do that because you, you dink and dunk all season. But the last couple of games, Derek has been throwing underneath, as Brian Baldinger pointed out at NFL Network, and he's not throwing and he's not looking for his receivers downfield, which I find alarming because they're open. They're open. Deshaun Jackson was open. So he's, not, he's, he's got a pocket, and he's not waiting for the play to develop downfield. You know what he did? Last year against Kansas City, wow, Derek was just throwing dimes downfield. So if I'm Rich Basacci, I throw on the tape from last year against Kansas City, and I go out there, and I, I run the same offense. You know, the same thing I do. I do the same thing. I use the restaurant bar analogy a lot. Whatever you want to do as a musician, I go see the Rolling Stones a lot. I met my wife at a Rolling Stones show. The set list is pretty much the same. They play the same songs. I can't get no satisfaction. Tumble and dice. Sympathy for the devil. They're just moving around a little bit. For the Raiders, what's ever worked in the past, please run it again. Right? What's ever worked in the past, which is what? Deshaun Jackson on an up-and-out route, right? That's worked in the past. Hunter Renthro on the goal line. Quick little jab, step in, and then he cuts inside for a touchdown. Darren Waller, a 50-50 ball on a fade route. Whatever works in the past, just run it again. The Raiders have anywhere from, anywhere from 49 to 55 or 56 plays. Can we run 30 of them, 30 of the 50 that we know work? Can we call those plays in advance of showing up with the buses to Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday and script them all on a whiteboard and say, no matter what happens, we're throwing these plays. Derek, do not change our plays anymore. Derek, do not break the huddle and go to the line of scrimmage and think you know more than what we talked about on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Can Derek, can you please run these 30 plays unless something happens in the game and we have to completely change the game plan? And what would that be? Well, the Raiders are trailing early, and then to the advantage of Derek Carr, Greg Olson says, Derek, instead of the runs that we had there, get out of the runs. We're down by 14. you got to throw more. So let's just let's have fun this week and break it down. Let's talk about the plays that you think in the Raider Nation work the best. Because I don't know what they are anymore. What are the plays that you think work the best? Is it over the middle to Brian Edwards? I think that's a good play. Is it Darren Waller in motion, 
So the other, so the defense has to follow Waller in motion, and then he he lines up in the slot or wide. I think that works. Is it Josh Jacobs running the ball? I don't think that works much. So what plays do you want to work on? And we can talk about that every day up until Friday and kind of kind of figure out the plays and what the Raiders should do with either a single high safety or two. And then we can get back to basics and guess. Guess exactly what's going to happen next, and we can go from there. Uh, let's get to Stanford. Reggie in Stanford. Start us off. Appreciate you calling in first. Go ahead. Yes, well, thanks for taking my call. I just want to say I'm not going to bad talk anyone. I like the Raiders. I'm a Cowboy fan, but I like the Raiders. One thing I'd like to see him do is on the very first play, go long. Try to surprise the team. Do something that's out of character. If you'll notice, most teams, I haven't seen that play all year. On the very first play, go long. See if you can surprise them. Get ahead quickly. But one thing I will say, kind of like my Dallas Cowboys, if you can't run the ball, you're not going anywhere. And the Raiders, they don't seem to have a consistent run game. So, it all falls on the shoulders of Carr. I'm sure people have said this before, but you've got to do something that's out of character if you want to win. And you know, beating Mahomes, you're going to have to do something out of character. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I mean, with, to beat Mahomes, we saw. That's why I started off the show with, when we beat Mahomes. We, we saw how it was done. It was Eric, uh, Derek playing aggressive throwing. There was a good balance of the run, but it was Derek playing an aggressive Pro Bowl-type game. That's the deal. Look, I think it's too late in the season for the Raiders to go into the game thinking they're going to establish the run with this offensive line. They haven't been able to do it. Josh Jacobs is good for 60 to 50 yards a game. He's not good. I'm going to get into it later on. The running back for the Patriots last night, who also played at Alabama, was a third-round pick, and Josh was a first-round pick, is blowing Josh's doors off statistically. So, So that's it. So when I look at this, I would love to say, and, and I'm kind of leaning that way, but I'm not there yet. Maybe you can help me. If Josh steps up and plays the way he's supposed to and just gives me one 110-yard game, this is a franchise that's had Eric Dickerson, Mark Van Egan, Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson, Tyrone Wheatley, Charlie Garner. Go down the list that you, you have, Marv Hubbard. There's been guys here who have fell out of bed and gotten 110 yards. He doesn't do it. So in order, so I would love this game to be, hey, you know, Ingle and Drake are unfortunately out with season-ending injuries. Josh has got it. Josh will pick up the load because I like Josh and you like Josh. But I can't do that on the radio. I look like I'm out of my mind. Passionate Raider, you're up next before the bottom of the hour. Go ahead. What's up, JT? Hey, man, I wanted to get on yesterday and just tell you, man, I, I mean, I, I felt everything you said about the get-go, about, you know, what you can say and what you can, you know. Sometimes you got to take that, but sometimes I just, my heart just goes, man, and I just say what I say. But never, never for no hard feelings, just straight football talk. But on the other note, the Chiefs, JKT, I don't agree with looking at last year's tape and coming out and playing them like you did, because like, this team is completely different. This Patrick Mahomes is completely different. His offense is completely different. And the defense is completely different. I think that's why we got whooped so bad the first game we played them because I think we did look at the tape from last year, and it wasn't the same. So to play this Mahomes guy, we're, 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 the best way to beat Brady is how? 
Put him on his back. If you're going to beat Mahomes, he has to stay on his back, and someone has to keep him. There has to be a robber on him. Maybe that's going to be Abram's job on Sunday. You follow wherever Mahomes goes. You don't do nothing else because Littleton might be hurt. Uh, 52, my Perryman might be hurt. So just put Jacobs. They're not going to bench him. Just like we want to bench Carr, they're not going to bench Carr. It's like it, like Abrams is the car on the defense. One day he makes you – he's making plays, and the next two games he disappears. So those two we're just going to have to deal with to the end of the year, and then we'll see what happens with that. Another wasted first-round pick. Jacobs can't – you're right, you're right. All these Raider running backs you said, JT, they was running the ball. I don't know if it is the offensive line because he did say at the beginning of the year – you know, what do you expect me to do? I, I don't know. But I know one thing. If they do not put Mahomes on his back on Sunday and they go over there into Kansas City and play like they did at home, Mahomes will put up 50 on us. They'll put up, yeah. And that defense has been blitzing a lot in Kansas City. Derek won't have a good game. So I don't know, JT. If they can stop Mahomes, we might make it competitive. If we can't stop Mahomes, Game over with, man. Yeah, let me later. jump in. Let me jump in. Mahomes has been stopped all year. He's having a subpar year except Las Vegas. If you take it out and, and you look at the numbers over the five-game winning streak, it's incredible how bad he's played from a quarterback ranking perspective. It's shocking that if you take out the Raider game where he had a 127.6 rating, all four of the other five games, he never had anything more than 74.8. He had a 74.8 against Green Bay, 70.4.6 against the Giants, 71.9 against Dallas, and 57.3 in his last game versus Denver. He can't be playing any worse coming into these Raider games. So he gets healthy with the Raiders. He likes playing the Raiders because he's comfortable with his eyes. His eyes cause the Raiders havoc when he's able to move the safeties with his eyes. He's able to get out of pressure. He's able to dunk underneath or take a big shot. It, it really is why Gus Bradley was brought in, and I have a lot of confidence in Gus because he lines up the players pretty good. Uh, but Gus needs better players, or he needs his current players to step up. So that's where we're at. What do you think on this? I'm putting together the game plan. Uh, we used to host a game plan podcast. Now I host a really cool one with Flores and Woodson, which I hope you download at Spotify or wherever you get your Raiders podcast. Once a Raider, always a Raider. We did a four-part series on the great Tom Flores, and now I'm in the midst of a four-part series on the career of Charles Woodson. You can find it where you get your podcast or go to Raiders. Com. When we come back, we'll stay with more of the game plan here. What do you think the Raiders need to do? I'm looking for one thing on either defense or offense that you're passionate about that you think will help the Raiders in this game against the Kansas City Chiefs. It could be one thing, and you could be right. It could be the best thing. What are you putting your name on as a fan that this team needs to do to save the season and get to 7-6? and six? Modelo, proud sponsor of the Raiders. Bucket of Modelo. Always on a Friday, drink responsibly. Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. The JT The Brick Show.
Well, I think anytime you don't get the first down on a third down, obviously we weren't very good on third downs on offense or on defense in yesterday's game. So um, a lot of times you don't have to always throw the ball to the distance in order to get yourself a first down. You know, we've got guys that make people miss in certain situations, whether it's Josh, whether it's Hunter Renfro, some of those things. So I, I think our, our bigger thing is what we're doing on third down, and we need to do a better job converting third downs on offense. And certainly we didn't do very good defensively as well this past week. Um, with their down conversions for our opponent. It's head coach Rich Passaccia, JT, brought to you by Salmon Ash, SalmonAshInjuryLaw.com. The most wonderful time of the year, but if you get hurt in an Uber lift or an unexpected injury while renting an Airbnb, these are modern day situations that require trailblazing lawyers on the cutting edge of law. Contact Salmon Ash at 702 820 1234. Finding the best path forward can be complicated. Never accept the check from an insurance company until you speak with the team at Salmon Ash Injury Law. Call 702-820-1234 or salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. So as Coach Passaccia talked about third down, guys can make you miss. Yeah, you're right. A Hunter Renthro can make you miss on third and four if you throw to him at the line of scrimmage or if you throw a screen pass to Josh Jacobs. But typically what happens with the Raiders when they throw underneath, they come up short. I mean, third and 18 is a tough play. So on third and 18, if you don't want to throw it, I don't know why the Raiders wouldn't want to throw it 18 yards with all the flags that are getting thrown around this league, right? Every time you watch a game, there's a flag. So why wouldn't the Raiders want to throw an 18-yard pass unless there's three deep? You know, and everybody knows it's third and 18, you throw one of the sticks. So if Derek throws at 15 yards, 15 yards and they come up short, I can live with that because he threw at 15 yards. But if it's third and eight and Derek throws at four yards, who, who in God's name now after watching Carr for eight years, knowing who Derek is, he's a very good quarterback, who would want to see Derek Carr throw the ball four yards on third and eight? Third and eight isn't third and 18. It's not third and 38. I'm just talking third and eight. So I'd like Derek to do what Jim Plunkett did. I had dinner with Jim Plunkett on Friday night, name drop alert, with a bunch of Hall of Famers. And Jim Plunkett was the best Raider quarterback of all time. With all due respect to Snake and Gannon, who were very good, Plunkett, Plunkett was wired from the Heisman Trophy all the way on to his tough years, to his Super Bowl years, to throw it to the sticks. That's what he did. That's Jim Plunkett. Third and 18, you throw it 18, 19 yards. You don't throw it underneath. He had Cliff Branch. He had guys who could get open. Todd Christensen. We had dinner with Raymond Chester. Raymond Chester's like, yeah, I can get you those yards. Throw it to me. Raiders have Darren Waller now. So on third and 11, please throw it to Darren Waller 12 yards. I'm not asking for 24 or 30 yards. I'm asking for 12. Derek Carr is outstanding. He has a laser beam for an arm, and he can make the touch pass, as we all know. So I think that's got to get cleaned up, if that's a term you're using, on throwing to the sticks. And I think that's really important going forward. Rex is in the Inland Empire on the flagship. Hello, Rex. Hey, JT. It's a pleasure talking to you. It truly is. My pleasure. Hey, I just want just to just kind of hold back a second on what you were saying in regards to uh, this Mahomes thing. It's not about the Raiders beating Mahomes. It's about them beating themselves. I think the Raiders, and as you said, just kind of leading up to this, they have the talent. 
And, you know, I kind of uh, equate this whole thing with Carr. It's time to take the off. This guy has the capabilities. He has the arm. He has the tools. Sometimes, like you said, going to you got to stand in the pocket and sometimes take a couple on the chin and let your and let your players get a chance to get that ball. Yeah, I know the line sometimes could be inconsistent, but give those guys a chance. Isn't that what you know? Djax came to the Raiders for said, "Hey, I want to play with a quarterback that can give me the ball. Give me a quarterback that can make those special throws." You know, sometimes don't bail out so quick. I understand you're going to take some hits. Not cool. But you know what? This is a game of football. Don't always look for your the career after football. Enjoy life while you're living it now. Let's go Raiders. Time to play. Like you said, shoot for the shoot for the sticks. Don't shoot underneath. It's not a third down throw. It's a first throw throw, four yards, a second down throw, three yards, another throw, four, five yards. Let's kind of let's aim big. We're the Raiders. We take what we want. We pillage just for fun. Let's go. Thank you. Pleasure talking yeah. to you, brother. You know, it's hard to do that. The big thing this year is what happens the last couple of years is a lot of Raider fans don't want to give the opponent any credit for for the stop. You know, I, I talk to a lot of Raider fans, and especially on the postgame show on game day, no one wants to give Ron Rivera. I heard someone today, I think on Clay's show in the morning, who was saying basically that, come on, man, it's Del Rio. Del Rio's nothing. I almost drove off the road. What do you mean Del Rio's nothing? Del Rio's a former head coach for two franchises, a qualified defensive coordinator. Ron Rivera is a defensive head coach. They put together a defensive game plan that outcoached the Raiders. The Raiders scored 17 points at home. The cover of the paper on Monday, a kick in the gut. Because the Raiders scored 15. If you're not willing to give credit to Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, and the players they had, they didn't have Sweat and they didn't have Young, two of the best bleeping defensive linemen in football, and they still dictated the physicality of the game. You know, that's another big thing, more for the offseason, is the physicality of the Raiders. You know, the Raiders brought in Carl Nassib, Cleland Farrell in the draft. They're not very physical. Compared to who? I mean, I got a list of 30 guys on defense around this league more that are more physical than Carl Nassib, who plays with a burst every so every once in a while, and, and Cleland Farrell, who's nowhere near the player that he was drafted out to be because they don't play with any physicality to dominate an offensive lineman. They don't do it consistently. Corey Littleton doesn't play with the physicality to get off a block and make a tackle. And that's got to be fixed in the offseason. And I'm sure it'll be fixed. But these are why these guys were brought in. They were brought in to be physical and win at the point of attack. Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe do that. Solomon Thomas does it at times. Hankins does it at times. But the dominant players in this league who are great and getting Pro Bowl consideration, they do it every game. 702-365-9200. Good time to get through. Here's Bill and Henderson. Thanks for holding, Bill. You're up next. Hey, JT. How you doing? Sunday doing well. was a gut There's no other way around mm-hmm. it. But, you know, I totally agree with you on Carr. Call the play. You know, he, he's changing the play. He's, he's telling players where to go. 
And I don't know if that's because they don't know where to go or because he's changing the play and they're getting confused. But I do think he needs to, to actually make, you know, the original uh, play that they're giving him. Um, the other thing I think for this Sunday, I would say run Barber. I, you know, let, let's run mm-hmm. Barber because yeah. uh, Jacobs is not reliable. You know, the, you know let, let's face it, Drake was, was a boss, JT. He was supposed to be the guy out of the backfield, a thousand yard guy, no no doubt, and he's been a bust and now he's gone. I wouldn't call him a bust. I think that's very disrespectful. The guy just broke a his ankle playing in a game. He's he's made plays this year when he then they've gone to him. If you want to be critical of the coaches for not getting Kenyon Drake the ball enough, if you want to do that, I'm fair with that. But to call him a bust, I don't think that's fair. Okay. I agree with you on that. Okay, so uh let's go Raiders. That's all I all got. Right. Thanks you. for the call. Again, again, I'm not here to change your mind. I'm just telling you, I don't, I don't think it's fair to call Tenyon Drake a bust. I don't call Cleveland Farrell a bust. I just like to see them play better. I, I never played NFL football. I'm not going to call a football player a bust. When I say bench Jonathan Abram, it's not because I think he's a bust. I just don't think he matches up. There are some hitters who are 0 for 20 against the pitcher. I'm not waiting for him to get a base hit. I bench him that game and wait for the next pitcher the following game. That's all I mean by that. Well, again, in my time in the league, there's been a lot of conversations. Either we're going to look at everything in the booth or should we go back to just making all the calls um, the official's prerogative, right? So somewhere in there is probably the answer. Um, I haven't looked that far down the road to be a part of how they're, they're calling calls. I think we do a good job of sending things in. We have an official that works with us that looks at all the plays and helps us send things in. And I do know, respect to to the league, they do look at all those things and we do get feedback from them one way or the other. So I I don't see that being any different than what they've done for us in the past. Oh man, it would have been great if there was pass interference or some of the penalties in that game. The late hit on Mad Max was incredible, the roughing, incredible to me. And there was holding on that last play. They hold the bottom of the jersey of Zay Jones and then there was a lot of contact up around the shoulders, but they ate the flag. Why are you eating that flag in Vegas? You throw that flag, Raiders win on a chip shot field goal, and then if Trayvon Merrick catches the interception right to him, you win the game there. We're brought to you by Wahoo's Fish Taco right here in Las Vegas, the six locations. What a great place to go eat. If you're into gaming, cold beer, beverages, spirits, I love the location on Eastern. They have a second deck that overlooks the strip with live entertainment. The food is fantastic. They have delicious desserts. It's Wahoo's Fish Taco, proud partner of the show. We've added them this year. They've been nothing but great. And the amount of work Wahoo's does in the community as they volunteer their time and food and their staff to help out local charities, fantastic. Proud to be associated with Wahoo's Fish Taco. So we're trying to put the game plan together here. What do you think the Raiders need to do? One thing on defense I said go with two high safeties. Play deep. Play deep. That's the only thing that'll work. And hit Kelsey at the line of scrimmage. That never works because they never do it. For the How many times Kelsey's been in the league against the Raiders, he's going to get a gold jacket. He's going to Canton, Ohio like LaDainian Tomlinson. Those are the two players that I've seen do the most damage in my career against the Raiders. 
with Danian Tomlinson and Travis Kelsey. Raiders couldn't stop Tomlinson in his prime. Raiders have never stopped Kelsey. Never. Because they don't hit him. They let him run free like a doe in the forest. They just let him run free. He can do whatever he wants. They don't put his hands on him at the line of scrimmage, and then it's over. So I'm done saying it because they don't do it. If they do it in this game, I'll be shocked. I think it'll be the smart thing to do, but they never do it. All the defensive coordinators who have gone up against Kelsey let him have a free, free run at the line of scrimmage, and he just looks around and goes, I don't believe it. I get to play the Raiders again? When? Can I play them 10 times a year? They don't hit me. They don't get physical with me. George Atkinson used to put fear in Russ Francis' mind. Everybody was afraid of Jack Tatum because they would hit tight ends and make them pay. We need to see that happen. And if you're going to leave Jonathan Abram in the game, if I'm wrong on that, let him just hit Kelsey a few times. Let him just line up right above him and knock him off the ball. I think John Abram can do that. Marvin Vegas on the flagship. Hello, Marv. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I agree with you 100% having too deep, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, play the old school Raider football game and bump them off the line. Hit Kelsey off the line. It's going to mess up that timing pattern. It's going to mess it up right there. But Marv, but Marv, they don't yeah. have Atkinson Tatum. They don't have Willie Brown, right. the best right. bump and run corner, arguably, of all time. They don't have that, nor do they believe these guys can play like that. Casey Hayward and Trayvon Mullen are supposed to be able to play bump and run or give a receiver five yards and be able to run with them. Yeah, yeah. You, you're right about that. Um. Well, uh, hopefully they, they, they listen. Someone's listening to your talk show, and they can hear that. We need those guys to get up on the ball and play some bump and run like we used to back in the day. Um, also, um, with Josh Jacobs, I think that we need to start doing sweeps, you know, pitch mm-hmm. it to the wide side of the field, and Great. then come outrun that the defender that, uh, you know, who's supposed to be containing that side of the field. Great point. So, you know, those are those are big linemen right there. If he gets that ball and he and he get going, he's gonna turn that corner. It's over with. Stop running to the short side of the field, trying to go. You know, trying to go wide to the short side. We already contained because it's the short side of the field. Let him go wide. You know. Yes, I agree with that 100. percent Appreciate it. If you're gonna run, if you're gonna run Josh Jacobs, I would run him on a power sweep. I would run him on the outside. You run him in between tackles. He can't take the pounding. He can't take the beating. I'm going to talk about Josh at the top of the hour and compare him to the running back of New England last night who went to the same university but was drafted in the third round compared to Josh in the first round. And I don't know. I think that I talked to a Raider fan about this at the Torch. When we do the pregame at the Torch, which I love, I get a chance during commercials to talk to people. And a gentleman came up to me and he said, What's going on with Josh Jacobs? And I I go, what do you mean? He goes, can he have a big game for us? And I said, well, I thought he played great in Dallas. I'm looking forward to it. And then in this last game, the Raiders' offense was just stuck in not first gear, maybe second gear the entire game. They were playing sideline to sideline, and Deshaun Jackson got lost in the offense. Josh Jacobs couldn't build momentum coming off Dallas. And now with Kenyon Drake getting hurt in the game, you know, if, if Josh got hurt, Kenyon Drake was brought in to be as productive as Josh. Well, it doesn't take much to be as productive as Josh because Josh isn't very productive from a, from a yardage level. 
And you can blame the offensive line or you can blame Josh or you don't have to blame anybody. You could just say, hey, that's what's happening. Other teams are game planning against us and the Raiders can't do that. But I don't see it that way. Someone's not doing their job. If, if a running back who was drafted number one or in the first round from Alabama to be a superstar and they're going to make a Disney movie about his life, if he's getting you 50 yards a game, somebody in that building needs to get him going. Somebody in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center has got to get him going. I thought it would be Richie Incognito, but Richie Incognito is not available every week. So Derek Carr is the captain. And I hope he would go to Josh and say, Josh, we need you. you got to run better and harder. You're healthy. We need you in Kansas City so I can work off you and play action. That's how I see it. I was calm today. I'm calm today. It's Kansas City week. They're not calm in Kansas City. They call it Raider week. They despise the Raiders more than anything. They love beating the Raiders more than anything. And Raider Nation knows that. So Raider Nation will be ready to go. They'll be ready to go. I'm ready to go Saturdays at 5-Iron Golf. If you've been there at Area 15, hit golf balls that are real with real golf clubs with pros. 5-Iron Golf at Area 15.